And welcome everybody to Geeking Poetic Podcast channel. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Uh, this vengeful Jedi over here, which Jedi is not supposed to be vengeful, but we got a couple of them in this show that we're we talking sure about. Do. Yeah, is none other than Megan Guess. What are we here to talk about? Ahsoka episode Trace. Trace, yeah. <laughs> episode three, yeah. In the last episode of our uh, recap, uh, whatever, review series, whatever this is called, uh, we did both episode one and two, and now we are going to talk about episode three that just came out yesterday. Before we even get into it, we need to tell everybody that we are going to talk about spoilers. Yes. So if you haven't watched the episode and you're listening to us talk about it, you probably want to pause this Pause now, go watch it, come back. Exactly. That's that's the that's the method, that's the routine. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. In the first place, please like, share, subscribe. We highly encourage it. Uh, we, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Please send more. <laughs> yeah, and we're really grateful. We saw a lot of people sharing the last episode we yes, did of Ahsoka. Really well. Nice. Super awesome. We got some good feedback from people. More of that, please. We we love it and we live for it. We thrive off of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we need that energy. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, this episode was called, it was part three. It was titled Time to Fly. It was written by Dave Filoni and directed by Steph Green. Steph Green, she had done uh, a bunch of uh, Book of Boba Fett. She's, she's done some other really good stuff and everything. And this episode was was also, I think, overall very good. I really enjoyed this episode. I did too. I saw a lot of people was like, it's so slow or whatever. Like, I enjoyed every slow part. I enjoyed every second of this episode. I wish wow. there was more. Okay, now see, now where I talked in the last episode about how things were a little bit too slow paced. and I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that at all. So I don't know why people are saying it's too slow. There, There, there are some criticisms that I'll, throw at this when we get to the end because the way we do this is we're going to do like a really as brief as possible of a recap and then at the end of that we're going to talk about our highlights and our lowlights there's not again so far for me you know spoilers here uh, there's not a ton of lowlights actually no uh, but a couple things I do want to point out, but definitely some highlights and everything. Should I just get into get it? Get into it. All Dive right. in. All right. Here we go. All right. So the episode starts with Sabine Wren uh, renewing her Jedi Padawan training under the guidance of Ahsoka and Hu Yang. And uh, she's struggling with her inability to use the Force. We even get to see Wren do the old blast shield helmet thing, yeah. <laughs> which I thought as soon as I saw that helmet, I was like, oh, we're going there, huh? Uh -huh. I love that. And she even phrased it. It's like, well, with the blast shield down, I can't see anything. I'm like, boy, this seems That's real, the idea. real familiar. <laughs> it's because it was very much like Obi-Wan and Luke in episode four. And uh, you'd think she'd be used to that because of Kanan. Well, like you were with him for how long? Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird that she seemed so surprised by that. Like, how am I supposed to do this if I can't see? It's like you've been around blind Jedi's before. How Seriously. do you think? Okay. Yeah, but whatever. In any case, uh, unfortunately, Sabine does not prove to be as adept at it as Kanan or Luke. <laughs> Just says he who who wait. I can't even say his name. Who Yang? David Tennant was saying in the last episode, like you're awful. You're the worst one ever. <laughs> 
So she was proving it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, she's angry and upset at not being able to feel the force. And Hu, Hu Yang's constant reminders of that was not, not helping. helping at all. As Ahsoka points out. Yeah, but Ahsoka does try to instill some confidence in her by reminding her that all living things actually have the force within them. It just takes proper training and patience to harness it. And would she say, and a little bit of talent? Yeah. Talent goes a long way. Yeah, talent could go a long way. But even if she doesn't have natural talent for it, she still needs to work at it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. With enough work, she can get it. Exactly. Meanwhile, Harris and Dula meets with Mon Mothma, the Chancellor of the New Republic. Now, we've seen Mon Mothma plenty of times before. Most recently, she was in... uh, Andor and everything. Uh, Star Wars jumps all over the place. These shows can be very daunting for people yeah, that are. I have a hard time. It's like, where are we in this? In timeline the timeline, now? yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Um, but the last, so technically, the last time we would have seen um, on Mothma would have been in Return of the Jedi because this comes after Return of the Jedi. Okay. So here is meeting with these senators in order to gain permission to send Republic forces to Seattle's. And it's where they believe Morgan Elsbeth is at right now with her eye of science ship and whatever <laughs> she's up to. Unfortunately, despite Mon Mothma showing some support for it and everything, the senators flat out refuse to grant permission because they believe that Thrawn and Bridger are dead. Talk about putting your head in the sand. Yeah, well, well, and this has been a common trait throughout the history of Star Wars with these senators. I mean, this is how all this shit started in the first place, you know. But anyway, the the ultimate uh, outcome of this is that they deny Hera's request for any support. Hera's very visibly upset at this, uh, especially when it's clear that these senators are just being typical negative people. You don't know what you're talking about. You're there and living through it and actually see it firsthand, but you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Hera, she, all things considered, I thought she. She's a badass. Yeah, she. I love that girl. She kept her composure pretty well, but she was very obviously upset. But we'll touch on this a little bit more later. One cool thing we got to see was then after that, we get to see Chopper. And he is hanging out with Jason. That was awesome. We get to meet Jason. Now, Jason is the son of Hera Syndulla that she had with Kanan. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Kanan never got to see Jason because he died before Jason was born. Um, but anyway, it was really cool to see a live action Jason because we only saw a little snippet of him at the very, very end of Rebels. Mm-hmm. And we see that Jason is really excited to hear that Auntie Sabine is going to be training as a Jedi again. And he says he wishes he could be a Jedi too. A little foreshadowing. I have a feeling. I mean, come on, man. This is the son of Kanan Jarvis. Yeah. It's gotta be. But anyway, all right. So they, they just leave it at that. Hera has to let the team know that they're not going to get any Republic backup. And so Ahsoka, Ren, and Huyang travel to Seattle's where they discover the Eye of Cyan is indeed there. But as they're getting there, they are intercepted by a squadron of fighters led by Haiti and Merak. We'll be talking more about Merak in a little bit. Mm. Um, the team are basically pretty quickly getting their butts whooped by these fighters. <laughs> and Sabine and Ahsoka are kind of bickering at each other and everything. Yeah, and, and handle it. And... Yeah, exactly. Until finally, Huyang 
tells them like, look, we're all going to die if you don't stop it. Like you guys need to work together and stop butting heads. And uh, thankfully, Ahsoka realizes that. Mm -hmm. And so she starts telling Sabine, like, okay, tell me what you need. And once they start working together, it's awesome. And they start defeating all these fighters. Morgan Elsbeth and her Eye of Science start firing, like, all these lasers on them. <laughs> She's like, I got them. <laughs> yeah. And damages the ship pretty badly and temporarily at least leaves them dead in the water. So meanwhile, while Ahsoka is out on the uh, wing of the ship, basically slicing through fighters and trying to keep them alive, Sabine is inside desperately trying to get the ship up and running again, which she actually is able to do. Mm-hmm. Hugh Yang all this time is unconscious. Yeah, Hu Yang is, like, is unconscious. Like, One time I freaking need you, really? Come on. <laughs> yeah. He gets he gets short circuited for a little while. Um but anyway, she gets the ship going, she gets Ahsoka back in, and they take off. The group ultimately are able to escape from Elsbeth and Hetty and Merrock by flying through a pod of star whales known yes. as the Purgle. Who that was suddenly, good to see again. Yeah, who suddenly show up there. That was that was very exciting to see. And uh, the ship is able to land on the surface of Seattle's kind of hideout in like a forest mm-hmm. there. Unfortunately, Haiti pretty quickly figures out that they're hiding in the forest and stuff. And she reports back to Skull and Skull, is, we see him dispatching his whatever they are, his warrior guys is mm-hmm. you know the bad guys to go hunt them down meanwhile sabine and ahsoka are while they're trying to figure out their next move and what they're going to do and everything they are suddenly very hopeful because they realize that the last time they saw star whales was when ezra and thrawn disappeared, disappeared. Mm-hmm. so this is this is like a big key there because as it's pointed out earlier in the episode Yang explains to them that Purgle, what they do is they are, and we've talked about it before, that these star whales can, using the force or whatever, they can travel through uh, like hyperspace. Mm-hmm. And that's how initially they were able to figure out hyperstellar travel like that and everything. Like non, mm-hmm. non-force non users and stuff were able to follow the paths of whales and use them to map out how that oh, wow. works okay. and everything. That. Yeah, exactly. So this is very promising and it explains why uh, Elsbeth is there with Chose that spot with the cyan and everything because she's yeah because she's going to probably follow them, but using these these hyperdrive engines and stuff and follow the Purgle there mm. and everything. So that's basically where it's left off at. Um, yep. It was a pretty short episode actually. It was. I couldn't believe it was already over. I was yeah. like, Wait, that. That's it. I want more. Right. Right. <laughs> Keep going, please. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? So last time we started with the highlights. So let's just get our, because there's only a little bit. Let's talk about the low lights. First, like the, okay. the low light things and everything. Because my first low light is what you just mentioned there, is that it felt a little short. And while the episode still contained a lot of important plot points Mm -hmm. and great scenes. I mean, the space battle, all that stuff was cool. I had kind of hoped there was going to be a little bit more of an advancement. Oh, really? Story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it, it, it felt, it felt like the episode shouldn't have been done yet. You know what I mean? Like it didn't just feel like, well, that was quick, but it got to the point. 
I mean, I, I guess it did, but I, I was really hoping we would get a little bit more, even if it was just like, you know, which is, I guess, my next point, even if it was just a little bit more insight and backstory into, say, like Skull and Haiti, you know what I mean? Like, or or even a little bit more about about Elsbeth or right. something like I, I just wish there would have been a little bit more of that. But I guess, to be fair, we did get a pretty fair amount of talking and talking and talking in the first <laughs> two episodes that. This one just sort of got to the point. We had a bunch of action. Yeah, I think this is what we needed for episode three. Okay. To kind of buy us all in. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair enough. So. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like I said, these are these are minor gripes and mm-hmm. everything, but it just, it was over so soon. I was like, I, I'm not ready to wait another week. I want more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me 20 more minutes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And another point I just want to bring up is, the whole scene with Hera meeting before Mothma and the senators and stuff. Now, I know they've been showing us for a while now that that these going all the way back to the prequels and stuff that a lot of these senators are just very vain and foolhardy and clueless, really. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, I get that they're like that. And I know that's kind of. You know, it's reflective of our own world where we're like, all oh, these senators and all these politicians are idiots and they're not, you know, they're, they don't back us and all this other kind of stuff. And they're not, they never do the right thing and all this stuff. But I, I don't know. I kind of felt like they were written to be a little bit too dismissive of Hera. I mean, and now it gets us all riled up, which it did. Right. Is probably the point. Yeah, but did it feel like, because I've complained about this sort of thing before in other episodes, of you know, especially with Disney shows and stuff, where I'm going, all right, look, you may be senators or whatever, but you have to have enough sense to know that the person you're talking to here is not only is she a general, right, a general in your army, but she is a freaking hero, She's she's hero the hero. I mean, she is a known hero and she's not some noob. The way that guy was talking to her was Ugh. just so dismissive condescending, yeah. and condescending that I was like, I was like, OK, that that seems excessive. Like and furthermore, I mean, maybe it would be one thing if they had said something like, you know, Hira, you General Sindula, you've come to us like 20 other times trying to get us to go on expeditions to find your friend and all this stuff and you've never found anything if they did something like that that would make a little more sense then i could understand them being more like okay this is like a cry wolf situation right but it just felt so dismissive yeah he's like you're going after your dead friend he's like dude that's a little harsh right not not cool i don't like how mothma she didn't really help stand up for i agree she just kind of looked at us like oh Oh, yeah, like, so, dude. Yeah, I'm so wishy You're supposed to be her friend and backing her up. You're like, oh, how's Jason and all this bull crap? Right. <laughs> as, I, as the other guy says, like, okay, let's get to business or whatever. It's like, we're just going to turn it down, so let's just get it over with or whatever. It was like, he already made up his mind, which makes me think a lot of these senators are, are dirty. Crooked. And that exactly. was, that's what I was going to say. Like, he's being paid off. That's going to come out later. I hope so. I hope that's the case. Yeah, yeah. He, he's really a. He was a real jerk. Yeah, he's with the other side. He's with the Empire still. Yeah, he's Watch. still Imperial. Yeah, mm-hmm. or because he's, he's like, been paid off. they're not doing that. They're not. She's like, 
you know, all hail the empire and whatever they said in the last episode. Right. And she's like, that's, that doesn't seem loyal. You say, oh, it's fine. It's totally fine. Well, what? and we have to keep in mind that here's the other thing. I mean, and we kind of know that that's probably the case anyway, because keep in mind that this is all taking place before the sequels. So this takes all takes place before The Force Awakens. It takes place mm-hmm. before Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. We're still years away from that. Okay. So we know that this is all going to go sideways. We know that the new the new uh, imperial, you know, regime is going to come in and that the new republic is going to flounder and have problems because we already know what Harris talking about about oh there's more war coming and all this kind of stuff. Well, we know that actually does happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so it isn't kind of like it isn't really a nail biter like, oh, no, are they going to is this going to happen? It's like, no, we know it happens. Right. I mean, we, we already know that's and that's when we get Snoke and General Hux and all those jerks. And we just don't know how and if Thrawn is going to play into that. You know, even if Mothma was like, while I do understand, you know, my senator's points about this and blah, 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 blah. At the same time, I feel like we should be respectful of General Sindula here she is a hero and she did so much for us blah, she's blah, never blah. let us down in the past right, exactly yeah. there should have been some kind of sticking up for Hera and Mothma just stood there looking all mopey it's like oh come on man yeah you know that 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 bothered me so that was probably my biggest low light of the whole episode so yes I agree but you know what that I, do you have any other low lights you want to bring uh, up no you you that was my big one. So okay, you hit it. We are in agreement yes. on that. All right, then let's move on to the highlights. So as far as the highlights of this episode, there, there's several. I mean, there's a bunch of them, but I, I want to highlight certain highlights. Okay. <laughs> Do that. I got my yellow marker out and I'm <laughs> highlighting it. Uh, so first what's going to be on the test later? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> first of all, I think Hu Yang was great. I'm this. really loving that guy. Yeah. I thought he was great in this episode. He provided a lot of very necessary comic relief yes. in an episode that was otherwise fairly tense. Mm-hmm. You know, between all the fighting and then, you know, the Ahsoka and Sabine still kind of being a little bit at each other's necks and uh, and the Hera thing and all that stuff. Hu Yang is proving to be funny and, you know, again... A typical droid, just like brutally honest. Right. So it was like, I wish you wouldn't have told her. I said, like, what? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you want from a from a droid that doesn't have human feelings and, you know, consideration like that, where sometimes <laughs> you, you you sugarcoat things for people for their feelings. He's like, I don't know. I don't do that. Yeah. But I also thought it was really cool to see Hu Yang that he's got the four arms like General. Yeah, Grievous. that was kind of cool. Yeah, like General Grievous with the with the lightsabers and stuff when they're doing the the kendo stick type training and stuff in the beginning. Um, He's like, not bad, could be better. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, god dang it. Yeah, so overall, Hu Yang's proven to be one of my favorite characters on the show. Yes. And I loved how he got Ahsoka and them to, like you said earlier that he's like, we're all gonna die if you guys don't freaking stop. Yeah. Just stop, both of you. Right. And that made Ahsoka kind of take a step back. She's like, you're right, okay. Yeah, I can do this. Let's do this. We'll, yeah, let's work together now. Yeah, exactly. That was awesome. Because the one thing that it shows, and I think we'll continue to see through the series, is that it's something we've talked about before in real life situations. Is you can be very skilled 
Like you can have amazing skills at whatever your craft is. It doesn't automatically make you a great teacher. Right. You know, and I think that Ahsoka is finding that out. It's like you're you're not necessarily a teacher because she really never was a Jedi master. Never got finished being taught herself. Right, exactly. So that was always Kanan's concern because he was the same way. And we saw that with Kanan when it came to him and Ezra. Like Kanan could get very impatient with Mm -hmm. Ezra and be like, no, why aren't you listening? Why aren't you doing this? And just like, you know, you should have this. And I mean, it's Ezra. Well, yeah, then there's the fact that it's Ezra and Ezra is Ezra. But anyway, um, so I think that Ahsoka is maybe starting to gradually realize that and go, okay, I need to take a different approach here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Hera was talking about when she said, you guys need each other to grow and have that stability. So I think that was our kind of our first step of them needing each other for them both to grow so they can find Ezra. Yes, exactly. So. Yes, exactly. Yes, I really loved who, why can't I say him? Who Yang. I can't do it. (laughs) You have such a hard time. Who Yang. Who Yang. Who Yang. Who Yang. So that, you know, and and another highlight is that is I love the fact that we're starting to see signs of how Ahsoka and Sabine are going to start to put their differences aside and learn how to work together. Yes. You know, because this is, as we keep getting reminded, this is not going to be your typical master and padawan situation you know like Mm -hmm. this is all different so uh i really hope that they continue to work that out i'm very excited i said in the last episode i'm very excited to see where they go with that um again like i said seeing jason for the first time that was really exciting yeah that was fun that was was fun i like that he had the colored hair like they like he did at the end of of rebels and everything (laughs) they kept it that you know again they're doing really really good overall (laughs) with making this a continuation of Rebels. the Rebels show and everything. So will we see him exhibit some Jedi powers that we we know there's got to be? It's got to be there. Come on. Yeah, Even if it's not in this show, maybe future down the line. That could be cool. Yeah. That could be cool. Like Ahsoka 2 or whatever. Yeah, I as mean. As he grows older. I don't know if they're going to do a second season of Ahsoka, I guess it's going to depend. We'll I see. was, I was seeing things that was indicating that the numbers haven't been great. Oh, really? For this show, no. yeah, that it's not, it's not necessarily doing like it's getting pretty good reviews, but the actual like ratings, numbers, and well, stuff. I think viewers. a lot of people are waiting till it's over so they can binge watch it and have to wait a week. I agree. I think that I think that's true, and I think there's a lot of people that are just kind of cautious. Like I even I even know people that are big Star Wars fans that are like, yeah, I'm gonna kind of wait. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna kind of wait. We'll see how this plays out, and then right. we'll see. Yeah, exactly. So exactly, I, I don't think they should judge it quite yet. Right, but if they do another season, it would actually be really cool to see them do more with Jason, you mm-hmm. know, and like start, or even have Sabine when she gets her master. Yeah, that's maybe true. She can train maybe Jason. Sabine. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe Ahsoka can start to just take on a bunch of different like Padawans, yeah, open you know, up her own, own little school. Start that up. Yeah, I mean. Again, so many I, possibilities. Exactly. So. And I mean, she's got Hu Yang there, provided Hu Yang survives. I mean, and Hu Yang's crucial to that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what he did was help exactly. the Padawans and all that stuff. I'm lastly, like I said, because it was something we were kind of still a little bit on the fence with, with the last one and everything. But now I, I love Hera. 
Oh yeah, you, this one sold it. Yeah, here is great. And again, I I do see. I know that some people are probably disappointed that she still kind of like gave up and shrugged and was like, "Sorry, guys," you know, well, like but, her orders. She's got orders. She got to follow them. She's a general. Yeah, but she still she stood up to the senators, and I think that maybe the one benefit is of her seeing just what jerks they are and how unreasonable they're being about it. That's the kind of thing that knowing. Hira's character that's going to be the kind of thing that might make her be like all right you know what screw this I'm going rogue she might still yeah I mean and if you look at the history of Star Wars there's there's a history of that I mean that's kind of what Princess Leia did really I mean Mm -hmm. she was going against what a lot of the senators wanted and everything she went rogue when she took off with Tana 4 and all that stuff at the beginning of all this so I'm hopeful that here is just going to be like, all right, we got to get old school here, man. I got to get a rebellion together, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to take this into our own hands. Kind yeah, here of we thing. go. I'm going to do this all again, just like I did in Rebels. Right. Exactly. Um, I have one I want to okay. touch on is I like the back and forth between Shin. Shin Haiti. Shin Haiti and uh, Morgan Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. And the back and forth. Because when Shin missed them, she's like, oh, we didn't get them or something. She's like, oh, I thought you would have had them by now. Come on. I'll forget it. I'll take care of them. And, and then she was shooting at it. And then Shin was like, congratulations, Morgan. You almost called her by the first name and everything. You almost had them. I'll take it from here. Like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. There's there, a strain there. Yeah, there's I, some I, I really enjoy that part. Cattiness going on right? there. Yeah, no, I forgot about that. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool. So. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And you know what? So then lastly, before we uh, call it quits for the night, uh, I want to get into some theories and speculation and stuff like that. And uh, one of the theories and speculation does kind of go around that with Skull and Haiti and stuff. Okay. because. There's a lot of people speculating about it. A lot of people are theorizing. They think that uh, Shin Haiti is going to possibly go rogue from her, well, her master. Right. And everything. I because agree. Skull, because she's so full of like energy and rage and all that stuff. And Skull just seems kind of passive. I mean, even, even this, even at the end when... She tells him, like, okay, they're in the forest. Skull is, like, does he, like, is he, like, all right, I'll go get him. He's not. He's, like, all right, I'm going to send people after him. It seems like maybe to me, I don't know if anybody else agrees with me out there. It seems like his heart isn't in this. You know what I mean? When it comes to, I think it's in it in terms of he's got his means to an end. But when it comes to, like, well, we got to kill the Jedi. We got to kill the Jedi. No, he doesn't want to kill the Jedi. I don't think his heart is in it. And you saying that just kind of remind me of again. I'm reading these Thrawn books, right? Okay. And I'm into the second book now. And those two remind me of Thrawn and Darth Vader in this book that I'm reading. Okay. Darth Vader is all, you know, Anakin's full of hate and rage, rage, and, and all this stuff, which is Shin. Yeah. And Thrawn is Thrawn a little bit more. Thrawn is tame. more like okay. yeah, where he's more methodical and like. Okay, let's think about this through, and let's move, make smart moves and stuff like that. And well, and plus, and they hate each other. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and plus, you also mentioned in the last episode, you were saying that the thing about Thrawn that people don't realize is that Thrawn does not just kill 
like mercilessly and without thought, you know, right. Thawne is like, I don't, it's kind of like a, he'll kill, but he feels like he'll kill. Like it has to have like a good reason because he doesn't really believe in it. You know, right. like he doesn't right. believe in it. It's got to meet his means to his end. Right. And it seems kind of like that's maybe even where Skull's at a little bit. Right. Um, there's also a lot of people that theorize. I saw this one people were talking about online, and I thought it was interesting. And some people theorize that Skull and Haiti might be father and daughter. Oh, interesting. And that some of this, his actions, because he's not been clear about why he's doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, when he does that little brief monologue to Haiti in the last episode, when he was talking about, like, you know, we need to find Thrawn and everything. And once we get him back, you know what it's going to mean for us. And she's like, what is it? And he says power, you know, and everything. But it's like, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I saw some people that were theorizing that everything that Skull's doing is like with her. And it's like, he wants to sort of like protect her and that they might be family Hmm. because it's like, who is Shin Haiti? Then, you know, is she just some girl that yeah, where'd he pick her up from? He found, or is this a girl that maybe he sired with a woman? And and if, if that's the case, where's the woman? And is maybe Thrawn responsible for mm. the loss of this woman? Like, is it is the whole thing that I'm playing like I want to get Thrawn back so that he can build up the empire again? But in actuality, he's like, no, I got my own reasons for wanting to find Thrawn, right? Because I owe that dude. Yeah, he definitely has his own agenda going on. Exactly. And I don't think Haiti agrees with it. Yeah, or she just doesn't understand. She's young, impulsive, you know. She's Anakin. Yeah, she is. She's even got the braid (laughs) and everything. Another thing, and this is probably the thing most people have been speculating about. Mm. And that is the character of Merak. That is the, okay. uh, you know, the Inquisitor type guy that has been working along with Skull and Haiti. You know, he's got the Inquisitor blade and all that. People keep saying that they think he's going to turn out to be somebody important. And the big theory that's been going around on other channels and in groups and stuff is that Merak is going to turn out to be Ezra Bridger, possibly turned to the dark side. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. No, not only do I not like that, but I've been thinking about it and I, I'm trying to rationalize the how and why that would be because that doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense to me. First of all, if that's Ezra Bridger, then, and he, and he's with them, then wouldn't he be able to tell them where Thrawn is? And wouldn't they have been able to find Thrawn when, if they found him something, I mean, there could be all sorts of things, I guess, that happened in the interim, but it, that doesn't seem, I don't know. That just doesn't seem, that seems like the exciting thing that people want to have happen because it'd be the big twist and (laughs) it'd be so heartbreaking for him to do that. But I just, don't know about that yeah i don't know if i feel that one you know and i know there was the scene when they're flying through the purgial and stuff and he's kind of like looking at them you know you see him sort of like looking at him and people were like oh is he kind of looking because he's like oh you know like he's got that connection with them Mm -hmm. and then other Mm -hmm. people were saying no he was kind of looking at him like he almost didn't know what the hell they were or something i'm like yeah i i don't know i think we're all trying to read the helmet on you can't really see what he's even thinking right um, there's other theories that we're talking about, uh, the fact that the 
actor, the voice actor who does the voice for the character Starkiller in the Star Wars games, and like I think it's in Force Unleashed and stuff like that, he was credited in the credits as being a part of the show. And so a lot of people were saying, well, could this be Starkiller? Could this be the way they're going to introduce the character of Starkiller? Because he's kind of a nebulous character where he's kind of good, but then he's bad. And at one point he does turn bad and he becomes like, you know, uh, he becomes like a servant of Darth Vader at one point in the story and all this kind of stuff. I don't know about that. I feel like that could be more likely than it being, it being Ezra. Ezra, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, or honestly, folks, my thing, here's what I'm going to say. And this is coming from people that uh, reviewed WandaVision every week. <laughs> it, just, it could be nobody. <laughs> yeah, it could be nobody. Marak could just be Marak. He could just be yeah, some, some, some dude. inquisitor guy. Yeah, it yeah. could be nobody, you know, just be prepared for that because I think everybody's trying to read into it and there's... Bites us in the ass every time. Right, exactly. Every time. It's Mephisto. <laughs> it's not, not Mephisto. No, yeah. it's just... Ex Joe Schmo. Right. It's exactly. <laughs> um, I heard one theory that Merak could possibly be one of Darth Vader's Padawans. And so it's him and Ahsoka, both Darth Vader's Padawans, oh, okay. that are going to battle each other out for good versus evil. Right. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, Possibility, that, that maybe. That would kind of almost work with the whole Starkiller thing, too, then. Right. You know, because it's similar. Yeah, I mean, that could be. And then he might have his own reasons to find Thrawn because Darth Vader and Thrawn didn't get along either. So Yeah, that's true. That they is all got true. their own agendas. That is very true. Yeah, I don't know. We, I don't know. We shall see. But my, next. Yeah, my last question for you before we uh, call it a night is, how do you feel about Sabine? Do you think she is going to show herself to be force sensitive or... Is she just going to be like, look, I am who I am, accept, accept me how I am. I'm never going to be able to, you know, move cups with my hand and use, using my mind and be able to, you know, fight with a blast shield down and all that. Or is she going to do that? Or are they going to make it that she finally has a breakthrough and can use the force? What do you think is going to happen? Um, I don't want her to be full force. Right. If that makes sense. I want her to be in touch with herself, her inner self, where she feels the confidence in it. So she if, had the blast shield or whatever. She knows within her she can do this. She, she can, can sense it and bit. stuff like yeah. that. It's like as far as moving like cups and stuff like that. I I don't know. Maybe maybe just a touch of the force. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, I can't decide how I feel about it. Um, there's a part of me that wants her to be able to tap into that. And then there's another part of me that's like, well, you know, we don't, she doesn't need to be force sensitive to be awesome. Right. You exactly. I mean? And that's kind of where I'm at. You know, like it help, can help her be in touch with her awesomeness yeah, and make her she, even more awesome. Right. She might need, she, she needs that centeredness of it. You know, like she needs almost like the Zen of mm -hmm. that, but she doesn't necessarily need to have the Jedi powers and stuff to be awesome. She just needs to be centered and more focused. And, and I kind of, yeah. And I kind of hope that's what's going to come out of this. But I agree. Yeah. But overall, I, I really felt that this episode was Ahsoka. Okay. It wasn't Rebels. Five season five. This was Ahsoka. You felt like this was getting its own identity now. Yes. Interesting. 
Um, I mean, we had Hera, we had Jason, yeah. we had Sabine and stuff like that. But this is really focused on them, on their journey. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I didn't necessarily get that vibe, but I, I also can say that I wasn't distracted by it one way or the other. You know okay. what I mean? Like I'm just along for the ride. I'm enjoying it. There wasn't anything about it that made me feel like it was super rebelsy, and there wasn't anything about it that made me feel like it was lacking something. No, yeah, no, it was, it was perfect. Right. I really enjoyed this episode. Me too. Beginning to end. I love the scene where she was like testing Sabine and stuff like that. And she was getting annoyed and yeah. frustrated and stuff like that. It's like, it was a slow scene, but it was kick-ass at yeah. the same time. Yeah, I agree. So, Well, we will be back next week. Hopefully I'll be here. We'll see if I'm going to be here or not because I'm uh, going out of the country next week for stuff to do. So hopefully we can squeeze it in before I leave. Otherwise, you may be on your own on that one. We'll see. (laughs) But uh, we will be back to talk more about Ahsoka. Once again, please send us your comments. Send us your likes and share. We love it when you guys share it on Facebook and all that stuff. Share it with your friends. Get other people on board. And please subscribe if you can, if you're so inclined. We really could use the subscriptions. It, it means a lot to us because we put a lot of work into this. And we just want to know you're out there. <laughs> but, yep, we're loving the show so far. We're hopeful for the future. And we'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about it. So, Leave those comments below, and we will be back next week to talk about episode four, and we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. You're like, and and away, away we go. go. <laughs> oh, All right, boy. we have it. Boom. <laughs> I'm dizzy now. And we're out. See you, everybody. <laughs>